If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump. <laughs> for the first 38 minutes, we do our introductory conversation. First, we start out by talking about Adam's bully experience. Oh, yeah. I was not bullying. Poor guy. Maybe uh, I was. Then we talk about Seattle's mutual combat law. Dude, <laughs> Wish I would have known law. about this. Apparently in Seattle, you can just throw down with someone as yeah. long as there's a few rules to be met. And uh, I challenge you to a fisticuff, sir. You will not get in trouble. Then we talk about Smoothie Box. Yes, Smoothie Box. Now, this is a company uh, that is uh, it's owned by Butcher Box. Mm. They send you a box of smoothie pouches and you make them yourself and they contain collagen proteins, vegetables, fruits, actually quite healthy. Yeah. Uh, we're it's Now, we're not totally sponsored by them, so it's a short sponsorship, but we wanted you guys to try them out because we liked them so much. So go to- We want your feedback. Go to smoothiebox.com, S-M-O-O-T-H-I-E box.com forward slash mind pump and you'll get $25 off your first box. There's uh, three flavors, cacao- Green and Clementina. Ooh. Clementina. Then we talk about when you should add supplements. When should you add supplements? Uh, and there we mention Organify, our other sponsor. If you go to Organify.com forward slash Mind Pump and use the code Mind Pump, you will get 20% off. And of course, I just mentioned Butcher Box, who owns Smoothie Box. Butcher Box delivers the grass fed meats to your door. So I'll mention their promo code as well. It's butcherbox.com forward slash mind pump. You'll get free bacon, two ribeyes, $10 off. Go check out their Thanksgiving deal. And free shipping on your first order. Then we get to the questions. The first question is, how can you get out of the breakdown recovery trap? Breakdown recovery trap. This is when you work out, get real sore, let your body recover, go back to the gym, get real sore. No progress. Nothing's happening. You're trapped. Is this you? How do you get out of it? Next question was, uh, how would we help people with tight hips, in particular, powerlifters? Of course, powerlifters, all those athletes that try to lift maximum weight in three lifts, bench press, squat, and deadlift. Of course, the squat and deadlift require strong hips. What should they do to increase mobility in that area? The next question is, Stripper moves. for someone who enjoys doing a lot of cardio, can you just eat more food? To add more muscle, because we all know that too much cardio can prevent your body from gaining muscle. Can you just eat more calories? Is that the way to fix it? And the next question, this person is studying in college. They're studying nutrition. And they've been taught that obesity is a disease rather than a lifestyle choice. What is our opinion on that? Oh, yeah. It's a good time. Mm -hmm. Also, it's November. Hey, What's up, everybody? Oh, yeah. It's a brand new month. Maps Anywhere. Maps Anywhere has been redone. We redid the whole program, brand new videos, brand new models, brand new website, and to celebrate, we're going to make Maps Anywhere 50% off what? all month long. Now, Maps Anywhere is a full workout, very effective workout that requires almost no equipment whatsoever. All you need is your body and maybe some resistance bands, and that's it. So you could do it at home, you could do it at work, you could do it while you travel, uh, that's why we named it Maps Work Anywhere. Out anywhere, duh. It's also a very, again, like I said, very effective program. And if you're advanced and very fit, yes, this program is still appropriate for you. We have AMP sessions in there, which allow you to ramp up the intensity 
to get into a very, very hard workout. So again, so if you already own it, make sure you go check your guys' library because we have you guys automatically get it, which is just so you guys know, I mean, we'll continue to always upgrade, improve the programs. And after you've purchased a program, you have that for life. And even as we improve upon it, you get that all the upgrades for free. I don't like it when you say library right. Uh, yeah, yeah library right. It's not the same. So again, Maps Anywhere, 50% off. Go to mapswhite.com and use the code WHITE50. That's white, the number 50, no space, at checkout for 50% off. What was the worst nickname you were called? <sighs> um, Let's see. Quarter. <laughs> was that, that yours? Yeah, that was one of mine. Because you're like, oh, quarter Mexican. Oh, oh <laughs> wow. You used to call me quarter. Wow. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Spit, quarter, Dominican. I used to be called. Like, you were oh. Dominican? Yeah. People, you know, kids, kids are stupid. They don't, they don't know what to say. Yeah, they, they just call me ghost. Yeah. Ghosty? Yeah, because I was so, and they pasty and, you know, all that shit. Like, I would always get that because mm. I would just, you know, take my shirt off, go to the pool, and they'd be like, ah, you know. Yeah. I was very transparent. I, you know, I looking back now as an adult, I and mean, of course when you're a kid, you don't like it, right? Of course no kid likes it going through. But as an adult, I look back and I go, yeah, it's probably the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, yeah. Being teased like that. And me. I mean, I had it so bad that I was pulled out of school, bro. Like I got in fights every day. Oh, wow. So my eighth grade year, I was homeschooled. Well, there's there's definitely- That's like- There's definitely- te- Yeah, there's that a was, difference. Bro, I was, in fi- I was bullied to the point of fighting, you know, groups of people- uh, because I was getting picked on like every that, day that aggressively, yeah. Where yeah. you know I had three, four dudes like fucking pelting me with snowballs and shit like that, and like you know I was I'm just gonna fucking take it, yeah. You know, so I would go defend myself, and then I'd get jumped and be getting and they, they didn't stop it; they just keep coming. No, nah, it kept coming. Yeah, there was enough. There was enough in the school, and of course, usually, usually it stops it. But in a situation like that, well, what happened? What happened to me that why it was accelerated? So first of all, if you you're annoying, if yeah, no, <laughs> totally not. So I, you know, I've shared on the podcast before that I, you know, I, I grew up in nine different homes as a kid. I think I lived in a total of thirteen by the time I was seventeen. Um, and one of the years we moved out to Colorado, I was in this was seventh going to eighth eighth grade. So in eighth grade, I was in Colorado, and but before that, um. You know, I was I was able to move into a new town and make friends relatively fast. I mean, I think that's attributed to my social skills now and my ability to to build relationships. Obviously, is stemmed from that. And I never had a problem. I mean, I was you know would come into school as the new kid, and before long, I was one of the popular kids and never had a problem until I moved to Colorado. When we moved in Colorado, you know, they just don't like people from California. A California kid. Now, what accelerated that? was I played basketball, and I was good. And I moved to a, a – there they had middle school, 6th, 7th, and 8th together. You beat out one of the starters, let me guess. Yeah. Starting point guard who was like the most popular kid That's in school. That's the second worst thing you could do. Yeah. yeah most, First worst would have been – Yeah, most popular kid in school, dated the hottest girl in school. I was the new yeah, kid on the block. You a target right away. And I came in, and I just – and I really wasn't that much better than him. The coaches liked me because I fucking worked hard in practice, dude. I, I just – I was one of the kids that was was never really gifted. And I, I consider myself athletic, but I worked to be athletic. I just I – I was not gifted. I didn't touch a ball and just like, oh, I was so good or mm-hmm. super fast or whatever. But I worked really hard. I would had the attitude that I would outwork anybody in practice. And most coaches that are good coaches – 
reward players that are like that, that hustle, that dive on the floor, that would go the extra mile, that stay later. Yeah, if there's equal talent, but you see this other kid really putting the work in, it's like a no-brainer. And so I did, and I I led the school in steals that year and assist. And, you know, I was, you know, I I was a point guard, so I averaged between 12 to 20 points a game, which in middle school was good. And it was enough to take this kid's starting position. And he just made my life miserable. So this was like, like months into the school year? Well, I mean, basketball season really starts like right at right. At the, you're you're already starting in you know October, November. So it was after that that all the shit started happening. Yeah, once I had taken his start. I mean, I had a little bit of teasing right out the gates because right. I was from from California and I was I was teased for, uh, you know, the people call me Mexican quarter, you know, all kinds of different names. I can't even remember half of them. And teasing wasn't a big deal to me, but it got to a point once I, you know got to a point where I was like the starter and cause at lunchtime too, and breaks, like we play basketball on the basketball courts. And so kids would get like, you know, kids that didn't like me would be really physical with me outside and the, and the, and fucking throw elbows and cheap shots. And, you know, guys, we were in Colorado, so there was snow a lot. So they get, take snowballs and pack them hard and fucking throw them at me. And, you know, just fucking with me like crazy. And I'm not a kid that will, you know, just fold and go cry in a corner and shit. But it got to a point where, I was, you know, in the principal's office almost every every day, and my mom and I told my mom, I'm like, "Fuck, they're fucking with me," you know. Like, I'm three guys pick on me. You expect me not to do anything? And so, and it's I, I, I didn't have, you know, I have my stepfather at that point, which wasn't the greatest of father figures, and so I didn't really have a great role model to teach me how to handle that. And my mom did what what most moms would probably do, which is take him out, you know. Yeah. Took me out of school. You know, took me out of school and homeschooled me. How long were you out of school for? The whole whole rest of the eighth grade year. So how like how long like how long into the year? It was like half the year? Yeah, about half the year because I, I wanted to finish basketball. I love basketball so much that I was like, I don't care about the picking and fighting and mm-hmm. shit like that. I want to play. Like so I wanted to play till the season was over. And I forget what in high school or or middle school what time or what month basketball actually that must have been hard uh, especially at that age like you're just at home yeah, yeah it was you know what i mean the only reason why it wasn't wasn't that hard was because i was already i didn't have a lot of friends anyways there it was new you know so it wasn't like i was missing my friends like the mm-hmm. things that most kids would not like about being pulled out school yeah, yeah. it didn't matter like sc- school was war for me like going to school I was getting into fights it was, so it was better it was R- just better all right it was better i mean and and once i wasn't playing basketball then i really didn't care that much um, I remember I hated Colorado because of that. Like I just, you know, in general, like I hate mm-hmm. the state. I'm like, oh, I don't like this place. It was beautiful, beautiful place to to live, but I didn't like the people because of because of that. And of course, that's an overgeneralization. Yeah. And there's got a lot of great people in Colorado. I'm sure. Yeah, I I I can't handle that either. I can't handle trying to be bullied or punked or whatever. Even if you get over on me, you know, because it happened to me in school too. I got I got in a lot of fights in junior in junior high in particular. Even yeah. if I did yeah, back down, which I did have to do once, and it's funny, I remember it, the one time I had to back down, it was because there were 10 dudes and there was just me, but I went home and plotted my opportunity to get back. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like I was like, I backed down, as I couldn't live with myself. I'm like, no, I'm going to fight him yeah. and I'm going to find a, a time and an opportunity when he doesn't have his friends around, which is what I did. I yeah. found a time when, he, when there was no friends around and I got I home. wish, see, I wish I had a dad who probably who would have like coached me through that because it probably would have been better for me if I would have just whooped the kid's ass. Like found the, the kid, the main kid that was yeah. fun. Because of course, he actually wasn't the one who, I mean, he bullied for sure. 
he orchestrated more of it, if that makes sense. Like uh, he, yeah. because he was a popular Bullies kid. Bullies are typically cowards. Yeah, exactly. He yeah. was, you know, he was a bitch. Like he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't the one who was, who was getting in my face or doing things like that. It was like groups of other people that, because he was the cool kid, mm-hmm. you know, would do anything that this kid would fucking say or do. Isn't that funny that how ironic uh, like things are? Like when pe- people's actions many times reflect that they feel the opposite. Oh, So totally, what I mean by yeah. that is like, like the Instagram people who show so much skin and show how hot they are all the time, the most typically very insecure. Mm. Bullies, I'm so tough, I'm going to punk all these massive cowards. Usually right. they're massive cowards. Totally, yeah. And it's just so funny. And that you don't we, know that as a kid. So you that's don't. Why, that's why I yeah. wish that like I had a dad who sat me down and was like, son, what you don't know is this kid's a big pussy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's the reason. And he sees you as a threat, and that's why he is making your life miserable and listen you know don't go out of your way to start a fight don't do anything like that but listen if he if he runs his mouth and he starts a fight yeah. with you you defend yourself so i, I trained to, if yeah. i would have got that permission it would have been a total like because then there's part of me too I'm, I'm also raised in this you know with this religious background where my family are te- turn the other cheek yeah. and that's what my mom is teaching me right is so i'm just supposed to like i'm not supposed to do anything about this these kids are making making my life miserable mm-hmm. and so i'm in this like conflicted with oh fuck i don't want to get in trouble at home mm-hmm. you know for doing this and then and then I'll, at the same time too i don't want to be a punk you know do you know do you know that and i think it's in i want to say it's in seattle i'm not 100% sure maybe we could look this up but there's a law it's called uh i think it's called mutual mutual combat law if i'm not mistaken so there's a law in uh, in a in a city in America. I can't remember which one it was, or maybe several cities, where let's say we're at a bar and let's say Justin and I we don't know each other and we're drinking and he bumps me and we start talking shit. What the fuck, bro? Yeah. We can go outside, yeah, and say let's fight. We can go outside, get in a fight, so long as there's no weapons being used. It's just our hands or whatever. And there's no excessive force. Like I don't stomp on him or something like that. But they're not going to take you off to you don't get drunk in trouble. Tank? You don't get in trouble. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah, and I can't remember the the, the name it's of the law. Be Texas. <laughs> no, I, I almost think it's it, maybe you can look it up, Doug. It's called mutual combat law or something like that. I, I want to like see that. That's what a the. Cool law. Uh, oh yeah, it is mutual combat. So what does that say? Uh, what the where, where that is? I want to see what Seattle. It is Seattle. Wow, that surprises me. Fuck, I like that place more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it says here, uh, it's what are the what does it say here that you, you both parties agree beforehand to mutual combat. It's neither- like a, it's like old school western days like a draw. <laughs> a duel. Yeah, let's yeah. See. <laughs> they you know, challenge you to a duel. You know what? I ag- let me tell you why I agree with this 100%. Fisticuffs. I'll tell you why. If if there's two people that agree to a fight and they agree to the conditions of the fight. So, we're going to fight here you and I Hands, we're not going to use weapons. Right. Someone hits the ground. No biting. Let him go. Yeah. Someone says they give up. Let him go. And then we're going to fight. And then that's it. Like, it's on you. The dude breaks your face, you know, breaks your jaw. Right. Y- you can't sue him. Right. You can't, you know what I mean? That's it. Well, I love it because then it's, 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 it's crazy. Anyone who's been in enough fights too know that like, it's crazy how much it, it kind of resolved it. It's weird. Like, so oh, I, yeah. I remember this kid when I was in high school. He was a wrestler, and I was a basketball player. So wrestlers and basketball players just typically was like oil and water, you know. We and we had to share. We had to share the gymnasium. Is that why? Yeah. So basketball basketball players and wrestlers run at the same time yeah. in the season, yeah. and so if you're that's a re- what it was, you you're, you're, you share the, the locker room, together. right? Exactly, yeah. share the locker room together, the gymnasium together. I remember that. If you're a wrestler, you used to think the basketball players are pussies. It's a pussy yeah. sport. You can't wrestle and fight. If you're oh, it was worse with football soccer players. Let exactly. Me tell you. No, no, no. Oh totally. God. It's the same thing. It's yeah. the same thing, right? They they share the field. It runs around the same time in the same same year and stuff. 
and I had this kid who just fuck him and his crew of people just did not like my friends and basketball players, and he just constantly was starting fights with me at school. And I'm I'm the I am definitely the kid that was raised turn the other cheek, and so. I, no, I don't want to fight. No, I don't want to fight. No, I don't want to fight. I mean, this kid for half a year probably just made my life miserable with fucking with me and and just things from throwing shit at my car and doing things to my locker and just just fucking with me for a long time. And it got to a point one time where we were at a, a party and the huge scene happened and fucking we left the party. And I'm like, dude, I, I, I keep dodging this guy. I was like, I finally got just so fed up. I said, you know, that's it. If the next time this dude fucks with me, we're going to fight. And that, and he rolled up to a party one time for the reasons to fight. And we agreed. I said, listen, go to the park. I don't want to get in trouble or at someone's house. It's not meet me at the park. And fuck, like half the school showed up. Dude, it was crazy. People oh, somewhere there's videotapes and photos of this whole thing because it was so big. And I met him down at the park and I whooped the shit out of him, dude. And it was afterwards, it was like so fucking nice. Like he was cool with me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Didn't fuck with me no more. It was like we were fine when we saw each other on campus. Like it was like it made I had this I had anxiety for half the year at school. Yeah. Because I never knew, like, oh, I'm gonna pass this dude, we're gonna get into it. It is really interesting how it was yeah, cool you get a lot that. of resolve from that. Fuck Aren't yeah. we having um I, I thought we were like looking into having the, the bare knuckle uh, boxing guy yeah, in there's here? A, like there's a league fascinates actual, me. An actual legal league. So it's the first sanctioned bare knuckle boxing league. And so we we're trying to get the Yeah, uh, trying the, to get the, 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 the founder, founder uh -huh. yeah, on the show to talk about it. But it's funny too because what a lot of people don't realize is when you get in a situation where, you know, it's confrontation, then you step outside, everybody knows you're about to fight. Many times people don't want to. Yeah. Because the reality is most people are cowards and what they want to do is either surprise you by hating you when you're not looking mm -hmm. or just intimidate you. But then when you go out and you make it like, okay, we're going to do this and everybody knows and here we go. Two yeah. of us, fair, no friend, nobody right, jumping right. in. Most people are actually quite intimidated that's, that's by that. That's so rare. Yeah, that you're going to get that. Yeah, most of the times I had to end up getting in a fight was because somebody cheap shot me. You know, those like, are cowards. Yeah, I, I could not stand that. Yep. That was like such a like. If 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 you have a problem, let's fit. Let's do this. You mm -hmm. know, that was always. It, it's like a code. You I, know that I, I've always had. I don't think violence is. I don't. I'm not a proponent of violence at all. I'm actually quite anti-violence. But you know, here here's the deal. Like if 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 something's gonna needs to get handled that way then let's do it in a way where you and i and no one else and then we handle it and then when we're done we're done and that's it uh but most people don't want to do that because they're they're, they're i didn't even know that cats. law existed that's who, Isn't that that's cool? cool yeah you know in why seattle of all places you know literally. why i, I, I know it. that because there was a video on i don't remember where it was it was on youtube a long time ago where two guys were getting in a fight in the streets and the cops were just watching and it was because they had consented to this fight <laughs> so see there it is right there they had consented to it and said it's mutual combat. And the cops said, "Okay, you know that you're, you know, you guys are both allowing this. You guys, you know." And they said, "Yes, we do." And they got in into the fight, and that was it. Wow! How how great is that? Yeah. Oh, so okay. So you see the guy right there dressed up in the costume. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that guy. Oh, he. That's the guy who thinks he's a superhero that fights crime all the time. He roams. I saw the, that. He roams the streets, and he tries to make the streets safer by helping people out if they feel. He doesn't seek out violence or anything like that, but in this particular situation, a guy is starting crap with him, wants to fight him, wants to fight him, so finally he says, fine, we can do mutual combat. But what the guy doesn't know is this superhero-looking weird dude 
is like a trained MMA fighter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just yeah. get his ass kicked. Yeah, oh. yeah. Oh yeah, terrible. I mean, he, <laughs> but he was, he was actually great. he was actually quite merciful the way uh, he did it. Yeah. yeah, no. This when I was a kid, getting in fights used to stress me out so bad. But it's funny because the thing that stressed me out wasn't the fear of the of the fight. Like I didn't care about like getting no, hit or the, getting hurt. Yeah, the unknowns leading into it. It was all about the like you don't want to look like an idiot. You don't want to get you know what I mean? You don't right. want people to see you get beat up or whatever. Right. So anyway. Oh, so he was making racist comments to him. That's what it says. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, whatever. And but it, just, it's it's funny because he got he got he got his ass kicked because he didn't know what he was doing. Oh man, uh, Have you, yeah. I mean, I've been around a lot of situations where I've seen the the underdog guy just whoop somebody's ass before. It's crazy. Oh, like you can tell yeah, this. You can he tell has it. A head movement. Yeah. He's, he's he leg kicks. He opens with a leg kick. You're fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. The guy who opens up with a leg kick, you better run, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. not to change uh, topics with, uh, but uh, I want to mention uh, that smoothie. Was it that Doug brought us? Oh, no. But, so Butcher Box, I did not know this, right? So Taylor brought this to me like- uh, I think a, it's brilliant. A couple months ago, uh, Butcher Box has got another company that they, they have. I had no idea that they were uh, um, the same, or not the same, but another company that they own, which is Smoothie Box. And it's similar type of business model as the butcher box and he brings it he brings it in and i said well you know let the guys try it I you know i don't know if anyone's gonna be into smoothies and this and that but i said it, it, it i'm assuming if it's from butcher box it's going to be from a clean source and more than likely it's that that is going to be in line i imagine as far as like in line with us the question is like, is this shit going to be any good yeah then doug went ahead and like made a bunch of these uh uh different examples for us man i'd I was like, wow, just the the texture and the taste and the and the mouthfeel. Even uh, what was your favorite one? My favorite one was the well, actually the green one. It had like avocado in it. Oh, I like the orange one the best. Well, yeah, it was so smooth. What's cool? They is were it, all good though. It, it, yeah. so, That's what I was impressed. They're with. like these pre-portioned pouches that you blend. They're really really good quality, healthy. They come with collagen protein as well. So sometimes when you get smoothies, it's like it's just fruit. Yeah. But the, like the green one, like you said, that one's got spinach, avocado, pineapple. It's got the grass-fed collagen protein, lemon juice, pineapple juice, you know, water, ginger, dates, flaxseed, whatever. When you look at the macros, and this is what I like about it. So you blend up this smoothie, a green smoothie, 290 calories, 12 grams of fat, 26 grams of carbs, 21 grams of protein. It's a it's a dan it's yeah. it's not bad at all. That's a that's a good amount of protein. No, and they taste really good and they're really smooth. I'm I'm gonna do this from with my kids. No, they have a cacao one too. So the cacao one was really good. I, I mean, I liked all three of them. The the orange one. Are this you is looking, so smart? That one was the yeah. That one was the most flavorful i think uh but i mean like if you like more of the sweet type smoothies but like even then it wasn't too sweet well the, no. the orange one had you know coconut cream carrots sweet potato mandarin it's got the you know of course the uh, pumpkin seeds and coconut water and the collagen in it Bru what a brilliant idea I, I think this is so smart because they just made that process like well, super easy and, and convenient i like smoothies uh, obviously, who doesn't? They taste really good. The drawback's always been the amount of sugar and how many, you know, how many carbs and they're unbalanced with the macros and the source. This is a quite balanced, like, yep. and it comes already. All you gotta do is blend it. Well, and they set it up the same way that uh, Butcher Box does, where you can do the reoccurring orders either once a month or every other month or every like third month. You can set it up that way. And you can select which ones like you prefer. And, yes, you know, that's great. Yeah, so it's yeah. set up just like that, so you can do a box all the same, a variety pack or whatever. And I know that they they are doing something with us, so 
normally it's like five ninety five a smoothie and it's four seventy a smoothie with us. So you're saving a buck twenty per smoothie. And so oh, I think, they, the discount they hooked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's it's a it's a nice little plug that they did for our audience. And I mean Butcher Box has done really well. It's one of the best performing sponsors that we have. We get a lot of good feedback oh, about yeah. that company. One of my favorites. I mean, it's just made my life so much more convenient. I would not have actually even looked into it had it not been for it's their company. So I was our because of the feedback and and our experience with Butcher Box. I was like, okay, well, let's see, let's see what the smoothies are all about. And man, I was incredibly impressed. Well, the way I, the way it I, might be something that we can. And just so everybody knows who's listening right now, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, we really are going to just put it out there and see how many of people of our our audience really enjoy it. Yeah. they aren't even an official sponsor long term with us. We just said, hey, you know, no, we, we liked just it. like the product. Yeah, we liked yeah. it. We'll put it out there. If you guys can do something for our audience, and then we'll get feedback from you guys if it's something that we carry going forward. Yeah, what, what's the site? Oh, smoothiebox.com forward slash mind pump that's easy yeah but the way i'm going to use it because I'm, I'm already getting on board is i'm just going to get so one smoothies like i said 290 calories i'm going to make one in the morning split it and give it to my kids yeah i mean it's got like nice. i said proteins it's got the healthy fats it's got the carbs from from the fruit there's no added sugar some of the carbs come from sweet potato like in the orange it's a it, they did a good job and that's that's the thing that i like about uh, this company is they actually they do a damn good job they do their research and they put together yeah a good product, not just a product that tastes good. You oh my I mean? God, the kid angle though. I mean, like we're always trying to look for little hacks to get, especially with my youngest, to actually eat like more healthy mm-hmm. foods. And that, like smoothies, have always been a, a a good way to do that. But now to make it like like you healthy, can, you can yeah, healthy and manage yeah. the macronutrients and like get right. on it's that not, level. It's not Jamba Juice for yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Yeah, which, which is like which, an 80, 80 gram you right. know, sugar bomb. Sugar bomb. No, yeah. I mean, I th- and Jamba. I think there's still a lot of people people that think the Jamba Juice is a healthy alternative. Yeah. I know. There's still, I mean, they, it baffles my mind. Yes. Well, I mean, I, I'll be the first to admit, I remember when they first came around, like, oh, let's see, you think it's a, a healthy choice. Right. They, they add ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you put ice cream in here? It's yeah. not fucking healthy anymore. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's, we had, uh, when we had Gaspari on and he was talking about the supplement industry, what I thought, found most fascinating about talking to him was, like what the how the supplement industry has changed so much since he since you know his company Gaspari was uh, you know killing it to now which is only really you know what an 8 year not even an 8 year period 7 years yeah. and one of the things that he said and we talked about this off air is how much more educated the consumer is yeah like how much more people know and so it's funny because which is great I love it because what's happening with supplements or you know this kind of market is that it seems like the quality or at least they're trying to cater more to the more informed mm-hmm. because in the past you know would you have you, you wouldn't you wouldn't see so much detail in that kind of stuff uh, like you do today so it's, it's kind of cool it's cool yeah. to see that 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 shift start to happen it's funny too because when we started the when we first started our podcast that was one of the observations we made was that the even the bodybuilding, muscle building, fat burning side of supplements, we all speculated that's pretty soon going to go the health route too. Yeah, you know, as people become more, and it's starting to happen. It's really yeah, wild. I'm, I'm really interested to see how he does. Like I, you know, I'm nervous for him. I'm not gonna lie. I think it's. I think he's got an uphill battle, man. I yeah. think he's, it's a totally different game. Oh it's a God. whole different monster. And you know, there's certain things that I think he's on the right track as far as the direction that it needs to go. But you know that that old model of you know, the jacked bodybuilder who, you know, everybody, like everybody's onto it. Like, you know, 
that guy probably this, this jacked dude probably doesn't take all these supplements that he says he does. Most of them mm-hmm. are probably from the anabolics of why he looks there. Right. I mean, back in the when you were when we were kids, I used to open the magazine and I really believed that that was the workout he did. That was the <laughs> supplements he took, and you better believe I was fucking taking all of them. Yeah, how many? Like, if you're already on testosterone, like, are even taking that many supplements? No, I didn't. I, I, I mean, when I was, that was just it. You're, you're taking. Yeah, like, what are you gonna spend? You're gonna spend a hundred. Why spend would you spend more money? Two hundred dollars on a bunch of random supplements that are probably not gonna do anything for you, yeah, or you spend two hundred dollars on the one that works. Yeah, on, 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 you get a better source. On four yeah, more weeks yeah. of testosterone well, or whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, two hundred better idea. Two hundred dollars would get would get me through a month's worth plus cycle of steroids and so that was literally like the thought process like why why yeah no it's not that expensive anymore it used Mm -hmm. to be when we were younger but it's it's really not, and I think that's part of the reason why is more people are knowing know that. Coupon right? code mind pump for twenty five. I'm just laughing. Oh god! But you know, it's it's like okay. So here's an example of what I'm talking about. Like I I, I remember distinctly having this conversation with one of our guests early on. It was uh, Joe Donnelly, and I remember talking to him specifically and saying to him, "You you should look into you know selling your pre workout with." Non with no artificial sweeteners or colors, right. and he laughed. No, he that, said, yeah. he actually laughed. He said, you're, you're, "That's dumb. That Nobody's won't make any money. That. Nobody cares." Yeah. And I'm like, "No, dude, listen. You, you know, make the change now before it looks because at some point you'll look dumb making the change, and you'll look like you're just that, trying to follow." That's everybody. just another example of, and it's true. It's it's happening. Part of the the fitness space that we live in now is we have a lot of these you know fake celebrities that become popular because of covers of magazines or whatever, and they didn't put the work and effort in into training the thousands of people. And if you if you put the work in training the thousands of people, you fucking know these things. Yeah. You know these things because you have your your, your pulse. Yeah, on, you have your hand on the pulse constantly. Right. When But when you, you get yourself on a magazine and you or you, you do really good on Instagram or Facebook, whether it's because you're funny or you put out, you know, solid content on social media and you build up this network of people and then you start providing advice like you really understand the space and you do and you then you make arguments with someone like, like what a putz to argue with someone like you over that. Like I'm going to that, that's so naive because you've reached a level of success in the same industry and space to deny somebody who is actually out there and putting the work in. It's the same thing that I never want to be this guy who gets like this where you get to a point and you forget how important it is of the people that are out there touching the people. I remember working for 24 hour fitness when we would get, you know, the new CEO in and they come in with all the new VPs and all, and they, right. and they would put all, they would, they would just, because they're looking at numbers all day long, they just, they know, you know, it's like, well, no, when we do this, well, okay. Yeah. yeah number all confident. And I'm an, trust me, I'm a number guy. I fucking, I 100% believe that's important in sales and marketing and shit. But there's there is also a very very important piece to the people that are that are touching all the lives every single day. And if you're not having those conversations, you just don't have all the information. You don't. You don't have a full understanding right. of what's going on. It's it's no different than building a social media page with tons of clickbait, tons of stuff that just gets a bunch of eyes on you, yeah. but not understanding that you're not really providing real value. And yes, in the short term, you're going to get a bigger page faster, yeah. but it's not going to produce anything for you. And in the long term, you, you end up losing value. You end up flashing the pan. Yeah, right. There's no conversion. That's right. And the, <laughs> and the future of, of supplements, the future of you know, is all this, anything that has to do with supplementing the fitness industry in terms of both food, whether it be bars or whether it be protein shakes or pills, or even whether it be 
you know, like when delivering grass-fed meat or whatever, anything that has to do with the, the health and fitness space, it's all moving towards more quality and it has to be healthy, even if it's something that says burn maximum body fat, build maximum muscle, where it used to not be that way. It used yeah. to be burn maximum body fat and build maximum muscle. By all means necessary. No, yeah, nobody cares about the health. Like, yeah. well, who cares about the well, what's, what's, what it's sweetened by as long as it's got all the creatine and the whatever that's going to make me build muscle. It's not like that anymore. Even Gaspari said it. He said in the past, if you were selling something that was gray market, everybody, nobody cared. Actually, they liked it. Now, if you sell anything gray market, nobody wants to buy any of your products. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think you're starting to see that with like the SARMs and stuff like that. Like companies that are selling SARMs, you know, you know, getting away with it now. Like there's a flash in the pan. They're not gonna, they're not gonna last very long. You don't see reputable companies doing that. The reputable ones really understand that the, it's about you know quality. It's about you know, again, one of the reasons why we ended up working with Organifi. I mean, we we are for the most part we don't like working with supplement companies. It's the <laughs> it's not that's not a uh, it's not a yeah. secret. It's not something we're, we're not hide. seeking it out. Yeah. But you know, if a, like Organifi came to us and they're like, no, 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 it, all organic. Everything needs to be no artificial sweeteners. It needs to be this particular way. Health is the first. No, that's what sold us. And then we opened yeah. our and then we said, okay, we'll, we'll we'll sit down and talk with you guys and see what you know what that looks like. You know, well, it's a great bridge too. You know, to kind of bring somebody back into a healthier mindset. You know, and performance. So like we've always been kind of looking for that sort of segue to bring. You know, a lot of the people are just so performance driven to really consider their health. And uh, I mean, it's a great way to kind of introduce that, you know, and then just with the, even with the, the quality they're putting into like their products with like the green juice and everything else. I mean, it's 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 been one of those things, too, that's been able to be a, a powerful tool for me, even with my dad, to get him to kind of segue back to yeah. eating a lot more vegetables. Listen, for the average person, for, for most of you <laughs> listening, I'd say probably 99 percent of you that much, that big of a majority. If you just tried to be as healthy as possible and really healthy, and that goes with exercise, diet, whatever, you'll achieve the best performance you've ever had. If you try and just push performance, you're going to get worse performance and poor health. That's yeah. just true. And that's how did I? How, how do I know that? I'm through training everyday yeah. people. Now there is that one percent who are training at a ridiculous level, who are you know competing at extreme levels, who really don't care about that kind of stuff and are trying to squeeze out a a tenth of a, you know, a minute off their, their time off of their, you know, 50, or they're trying to squat another five pounds so they could break a, you know, a, a record or whatever. Yeah. Okay. I get that. But for most people, it's really, you, if you try, if you negate health and you forget about that and all you do is chase the other stuff, you're not going to get either one. You're not going to get the performance you want, well, the fat loss, the muscle gain, and you're not going to get the health. Right? And the message has stayed the same with us since day one. Even with a sponsor like Organifi, it's you know always you're targeting getting everything through whole natural foods first. Yep. That's the idea. The idea is not take this supplement every single day. No, it's try your best to get everything through whole foods. Like don't take any supplements. I'm not, I still st we all still stand by that. But the reality it is, and the, I mean that's why. The Organifi green juice has been a big deal for me is, you know, I've always struggled with getting enough greens and it's fucking whatever laziness, you know, vegetables, you know, tend to go bad in your refrigerator quick. And so I don't keep them stocked like I'd like to. I wish I was somebody who walked down the farmer's market on a regular basis and brought it back and then kept it. And I just don't. I'm not disciplined enough to make sure that's a habit. So I have something in my cupboard that I can lean on when I know that I, I have a day where I've missed that. I'm not getting it. And mm -hmm. that to me is... That's the way to use, and that's the way I think supplements should have been presented since day one is, listen, you're way better off instead of taking some sort of bullshit 
performance enhancement type of supplement, which is a lot of what we talked about with Rich the other day, those types of supplements, you're far better off taking things that are like you're missing nutrients in your diet because you just didn't get to it and you use it as a supplement. Like how it was intended, I feel like. Mm -hmm. It's called a supplement, right? It's not a called take it every single day because everybody needs it every single day. No, it's hey, if you're not getting enough of these things, these nutrients, here's an alternative for the you. The irony of it, too, is if that message was sold properly, I think supplement companies would do better. Well, look how we do with Organifi. Yeah. Organifi crushes. It's it's our, our best sponsorship. It's our best relationship partnership-wise. And yet we were very hesitant to even do that because we told them from the very beginning, too, that, mm-hmm. listen, we are not going to tell people they need to take this every single day. It's like You know what it reminds me of? I'm sure you guys ran into this, uh, obviously, doing as fitness as long as you have, where you have those trainers that do those that give people crazy promises, like a new client will hire them. I want to lose 30 pounds. Listen, you hire me. You train me three days a week. You do what I say. We'll get the weight off. I'm the bet, whatever. Those trainers do sell training initially, but those trainers never last long yeah. because they're not honest. They're, they're, not always, on- they're always hustling. And yeah. they're never honest. Yeah. You know, I learned that actually quite quickly in my career. It took me a very short period of time to learn, like, wait a minute. I need to be super honest with this client. So you're coming to me. I'm going to say, look, it's going to take a long time. You know, it, it, these are difficult things to yeah. change. Let's start you off twice a week with me. Take it from there. It's the, if it's unrealistic, they're going to catch on quickly. You know that? Yeah. So they'll, they'll, they might be there and they might show up for the first couple of weeks, but the retention, uh, that always drops off it's dramatically. The, it's the short game versus the long game. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I remember when I was brand new, there was a guy that was actually, that was one of the top guys was like this. Like he was top sales. Hype. Yeah. And I would listen to his presentation and I would be like, damn, he's just promises the fuck out of everything but i mean what ends up and but he's always having to hustle and you know i was the opposite i was just like well you know i'm not going to just keep selling the dream or everything i'm gonna i care about making sure that i can follow through because what ends up happening is you can sell those people on two three months worth of training because you promise this to them but when you start to figure it out that oh wow no matter how run them through this whole process and, and no matter and we all know this no matter how great of a trainer no matter how educated all the answers you may have still more than 50 percent of the people don't follow through themselves and and do that and so when you know already that the that the fail rate for most people that hire a personal trainer is greater than 50% and you're making all these great promises the likelihood of resigning that people is low now coming up front with a client i found was way better like listen i want to start you with 3 months and you know we could get to your goal by that time but the realistic probably not most people don't and the reason why is once we get started we might find out that your metabolism is much slower than what we anticipated, and we need to work on that. Travel might come up. You might have a few setbacks between then and there. So I don't like to tell my tell my clients that I guarantee that to them. Now, is it possible? Absolutely, it's possible. But realistically, we need to be perfect in all these ways to achieve that by this time frame. So when you set the table like that, mm-hmm. and then three months is up, and they haven't quite achieved their goal, or maybe they haven't even came close to their goal, they, they're not surprised because I can go, well, you know, we, we had Halloween and you know what you did on Halloween, mm-hmm. right? And we, we had that week where you got sick. We know what happened there too. We also see where your metabolism, I've been telling you that we need to get your calories. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, yeah. Not- and I think too, like it, that's experience too from a trainer, like knowing how to uh, actually like 
promote something that's realistic, you know, because initially like there's all this like hype and like hope, you know, that they're going to have this like major influence on this person. But, uh, you know, only through experience, you understand like the pitfalls that, that that come about and like how to like set them up for like, OK, this might happen. This might happen. So, you know, that's why I always have such a hard time with people kind of laying out some kind of a formula like, well, I've done this formula for all these people I had these amazing transformations and and then they dress it up like this is all this is repeatable people appreciate honesty and you know one thing that i used to do with clients is i would give them my goals for them and so they'd come in and say no 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 i'm, I'm gonna lose 20 pounds by this date and i would say well, like what you say adam well you know that's very difficult most people don't here's why and at the end but then i'd say okay it is possible but everything has to be perfect i said but here's my goals for you my goal is that you don't right. miss you don't miss a workout with me for for this next two month period where we're scheduled twice a week so two days a week you don't miss a workout. That's my first goal. My second goal for you is I want to get you to the point where you could do a full squat uh, without any pain. You know, my third, and I would give them these types of goals, and then I'll explain why it's a big deal. And then you know what happens when you hit those goals? They're fucking happy. Yeah. People love it. They're excited, and they know that I have their best intentions in mind. But people do appreciate honesty, and it's as hard as it is to be honest with them sometimes because they just want to hear the 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 bullshit. Yeah. Um, it actually backfires, and I think we're starting to see a little bit of that change uh, in the industry. I think it's starting to change just a little bit, or at least maybe I'm just hoping. Maybe I'm just hoping it's changing that way. But <laughs> I think we got a long ways to go, brother. I do too, but I, I think it's starting to change a little bit. I mean, when's the last time you guys walked into a supplement store? I mean, I, I, they're, they're so few and far between oh, nowadays. Not a long time. So when I go into them, I, I went into a, a vitamin shop a, a, maybe a couple weeks ago, and I looked at all the different products. And you're starting to see them market a little bit differently. It's already starting to change, so that's good news. Well, you know, we'll end, we'll we'll see what happens, you know, with that as far as that goes. But I think you know, working with people when you work with clients, uh, you know, for 20 years, you really start to learn how to communicate in a way that's effective, and how to get someone to really make those fundamental changes. Because my goal as a trainer was never to get you in shape. That was not my goal. My goal as a trainer is to get you to a point where it's no it's no longer a goal of yours in the sense that this is now how you live. How can I change your relationship to exercise and nutrition to where it's something you always want to do now? You don't you don't rely on someone to motivate you. You don't need a a crazy goal. You're not on and off, you know, on the wagon, off the wagon. Yeah. That this is something now that has become a part of your life. How can I give you the keys to then, you know, do it yourself? How can I get you to how can I get you to want to work out? Yeah. Forever. How can I get you to want to eat healthy forever? That's my goal. Along the way, we're going to get in shape. Along the way, you're going to feel better, get stronger, maybe lose some body fat or, or whatever. But at the end of the day, that's what I want, you know, for that person. And so far, I mean, you know, it, it took me a while to learn how to do that. But a, a real, the real test is this. If you're a trainer and you don't train with, you move and you don't train with clients anymore, talk to them two, three years later. See where they're at, what they're doing. Are they still working out? Are they still keeping up with everything? Is it something that they've made a part of their life? If the answer is yes... You fundamentally changed them. You've done a good job. There You're successful. If the answer is no, well, then, you know, I've got some bad news for you. You've been hustling. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. 
First question is from Jezzasaur. How can you get out of the breakdown recovery trap? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a... Jezzasaurus Rex. So I should explain what that is. So that's a term that I came up with a while ago to... When I first created Maps Anabolic, I was trying to come up with a term to explain what happens to a lot of people when they work out with weights. And so I I came up with that term because it's easy to understand. It's short. Um, and I use it in my marketing, but let me explain what it means. Something that I witnessed quite a bit as a trainer is people would go to the gym, they'd work out really hard, they'd get sore. Uh, then they'd come back to the gym later, you know, maybe a few days later or whatever, work out again, get sore. And they'd repeat the cycle of getting really sore, recovering, getting really sore and recovering. But the problem was they weren't progressing. All that was happening was they were breaking down muscle and then they were recovering. They were healing. They were healing, but there was no adaptation. There right. was no progress. And that's a very frustrating place to be. It's frustrating enough for your body not to progress when you're doing nothing. Right. It's really frustrating when you're getting really sore, working out hard. Because right. you're putting the work in. That's right. You're just not doing it efficiently. And I experienced this as a young as a young guy, you know, when I would work out, I'd, you know, like I'd want to build my arms, right? So I'd go to the gym and I'd just beat the crap out of them. And they would get super sore. And then I'd let them rest and recover so I wouldn't do anything with them. And then I'd train again, get them real sore. And then, But this whole time, like nothing is improving. And I remember thinking like, what's going on here? You know, I've been told that in order to get your body to, to change, you have to create damage. And that's where the flaw is in this, uh, in this mentality. That's not quite the whole story. Yes, damage does, is part of the process. However, the adaptation process is different from the healing process. And that's what I try to explain when I talk to people about the breakdown recovery trap. It's that you can heal, which is fine, but what you want is you want progress. You want adaptation. So in the context of resistance training, it's typically training more frequently and not creating as much damage. Mm -hmm. Because when you create tons of damage, first off, what you need to understand is that, that, that adaptation signal that we can measure we can actually measure it through something called muscle protein synthesis. It peaks at about 24 hours and it, it starts to drop after about 48 to, 70, to 72 hours. And then it's flat or goes down below baseline. Now, if you're hitting your biceps on Monday and you're not hitting them again till the next Monday, that adaptation period was on Tuesday and Wednesday. Then it dropped down and now it's flat or down below flat. Now your body's adapting in the opposite direction. You come back Monday again. And this, by the way, this entire time, you may be sore and you may be healing, yeah. but you're not adapting. Now you come back to the gym and there's no progress. Yeah, well, this just highlights like completely why programming is so important and the fact that there's like an efficacious dose for the amount of you know intensity or whatever the other acute variables are. And that's why this kind of shit is important. That's why I guess you know the, the, the three of us are so passionate about this side of the fitness uh, spectrum because I feel like it's so overlooked. Everything is so like more is better. More is always better. And that's the message that uh, your average person has been receiving like their lifetime. Mm-hmm. And it's wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. I, everything has to be harmonious. Like I, I think of it like um, like a crew team, you know, and we got like five, five to ten guys that are like rowing a boat and we're trying to fucking win. We're trying to go as fast as we can. And the workout part of that is just one of the guys, you know, just one of them crewing along there. 
And he's the asshole in the back just fucking crewing as hard as he can off rhythm of the rest of us. The rest of us are together, you know, in sync, rowing this boat. And then this asshole in the back is just paddling. Splashing. Yes, splashing everyone, paddling <laughs> the fuck <laughs> off like crazy. And it's yeah. moving the boat right and left. And we're and we're moving. So I, I think of that but the he's same way. trying as hard, like hard as fuck. Right. Just, and, ah, and it doesn't mean you don't see some progress. You're going to move. You know what I'm saying? Or, and, you, and you know you're working hard. So you think that we should be. And you're, and you're going as hard as you can. So you think the boat should be moving its fastest, but it's not necessarily true if if all the systems of the body are not working harmoniously. And if you are hammering the if you're hammering your central nervous system all the time and you're not allowing it to recover properly and you're not learning to, you know, back up back off on intensity and let it mirror your your programming and how much you're exercising, then it won't be harmonious with the other systems. And so and I, I think exercise is just one example of that. I mean the asshole could be the nutrition asshole. You know, it could be mm. you could be any of the assholes, but it's so important to think of the body holistically like that that they all need to be kind of speaking to each other. And for some reason, for so long we've always thought that exercising, the harder you go, the more results you get. Yeah, the which, more sore you are, the better. Right. Which is maybe how somebody who got in a, a boat the very first time and thought we want to move this thing as fast as possible. If I just go as hard as I possibly can, maybe that's what's going to get me faster and further along. But that's not necessarily true. We find out that oh wow, if we can all move harmoniously together, right. this thing will will plow through the water a lot I faster. I remember the first time putting this together. I uh, I was uh, I was working out. I was trying to get in shape because I was going to go to Italy over the summer. And uh, at this point, I was still doing you know twenty sets per body part once a week. So you know, chest on Monday, back on Tuesday, the old school five, five day bro split. And I'd hammer body part, get it really, really sore, you know, and, and, and let it rest and recover and heal and then come back and hit it again. And I was definitely stuck in this trap. I just didn't really quite realize it. I just thought my body wasn't progressing. Well, what I had done is I would read, I was reading these old muscle building magazines and I was looking at some of these old timers routines and I couldn't find a single guy that worked their body parts once a week. Everybody was two or three days a week, especially three days a week. So what I did was, is I started hitting my body parts three days a week, counter to everything that I thought to be true up until this point. I thought up until this point, hammer a body part once a week, and that's what you need to do. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to hit my body parts three days a week. The first thing I noticed when I did this, which tripped me out, was I was not nearly as sore as I was before. Now, I, now at first I thought, oh, wait, I'm not as sore. Maybe this is not a good thing. But I immediately realized that it was a good thing because I got stronger yeah. and then my body started progressing. Which are the real things you need to pay attention to. That's it. And the irony of this all is, you know, my the best routines that I ever do for my body are the ones that typically produce little soreness. Mm -hmm. You know, how weird is that? Like, yeah. the, I used to think that the, the routines that produce the most soreness. So did I. Yep. That would give me. The, that was a bad advice I used to give. Most I'll, I'll people be the first, still think that. I, I'll be the first to admit I was a terrible trainer. This is when I talk about some of the, when I think of the, terrible things that I said oh, I know, or did this is one of them like I used to tell people like oh if it's still sore you don't need to you don't need to hit it again mm -hmm. you know and that was my advice like it you was based off of your oh if you and if you're not sore go ahead and hit it again well, I would okay. ask them a lot of times my clients oh did, did that last workout get you good and sore right. you know, and I'm like I was that guy you yeah. know that would try and like oh fuck well I guess I didn't you know I got up my game and like up the intensity a little bit so well, and that's just an example of how much it's perpetuated in the industry mm -hmm. yeah. and also why you know when we first started all this like we knew that the message would be so powerful because even as professionals, I know that I was giving not sound advice because of the information that I was getting. And, you know, it wasn't until ten, a decade later was I starting to connect the dots myself and go, 
wait a second, <laughs> this is this is counter to what I've believed for a long time. And it wasn't because I was dumb. It was just because that was that was the culture, you know, mm-hmm. and that and that culture still uh, permeates the industry and the space. I still think that. I mean, I get inbox every time we talk about this subject. I always get trainers inbox me saying like, "Yeah, Adam, it's still like that in the gym. Like, it's all about how sore you get your client and the best trainers. Super that, competitive. Yeah, with the crazy exercises. And it's going to yeah. take a, a culture shift mm-hmm. and change that I hope that we're a part of. That we influence some of these trainers. That that is not an example of of a great workout. It is. It's not at all. And. I think that it's actually like, the, sometimes the opposite. It is the opposite. It's quite the opposite. In fact, the way now, see, let me tell you how I gauge my own because I still make this mistake today, all the time. I I overreach, and it's it's definitely been ingrained in me. And so, if I said if I'm following one of our maps programs where I know I'm going to hit a muscle group, you know, three times in a week, and I come, you know, let's say I have Monday I I trained, and then Wednesday I'm back, you know, and I'm supposed to be touching some of these. If I'm still really sore on one of the muscles that I'm getting ready to train again, I'm like, fuck, I, I overreached. I didn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's because now that potentially is going to hinder this workout. And so that to me is a, okay, next time around I get to Monday again, when I'm back on that, that routine, I need to scale back a little mm-hmm. bit on my intensity, let my, you know, put my ego aside and follow my programming. Cause I trust the process. Yep. And so that's kind of how I think now. Now, that it's tough. It's if it's still tough for me, and I know the information. I can imagine how tough it is for the general population that is getting this in their feed of no days off and training to failure and like fucking beast mode and all. If that's what you're if you're getting told that all the time and you're seeing that, and we're highlighting these people that are training so hard. Like that's don't get me wrong. I got. I love to watch a Ronnie Coleman video before I go to the gym. I love to watch all these knuckleheads on Instagram. I follow all of them and they they do because it motivates me to get to the gym. But I also know that I can't train like that today. Like that's not mm-hmm. what's going to serve my body best to progress in this program. Yeah, my, be- my best results ever, both with myself and with my clients, was when we worked out appropriately and they usually didn't get sore. Right. Usually did not get sore. Then their bodies would progress. And the, 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 the funny thing about this is it's funny. Like, how do how do how should you measure your progress? By measuring your progress. That's literally it. Or I mean, it's funny because it I, is I, funny I get messages every day from people who are like, "Oh my God, I'm following you know I'm following maps uh, anywhere, or I'm following maps aesthetic, or I'm following maps anabolic, and man, I'm getting fit, I'm getting stronger, I feel good." But I feel like I could do more. Like, do you think I should throw in some more exercise? Like, wait, hold on a second. You're progressing and you're asking for more. Yeah, like, why? Because you think you're going to progress more? Because you feel like you can do more? If you're... Don't be the asshole rowing his ass off in the back of the bow. Yeah. Fucking... Stay harmonious. If you're, if, if you're seeing, we're moving, bro. Be <laughs> harmonious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. you're progressing, then you're progressing. If the you're enlightened, good. If you're moving better, if your if your mobility is improving, or if you're getting stronger, or if your stamina is getting better, or of course if you're visibly changing, if you're leaner, more muscular, then that means it's working. Has nothing to do with how sore you get, how sore you don't get, how tired you are, you know, how you left the gym and wanted to throw up or any of that kind of stuff. That may build character, but it doesn't do anything <laughs> yeah, right. when it comes to building your body. Uh, so, and, and those are that's an important thing to understand. Next question is from Rebecca Ubbs. How would you help powerlifters with tight hips? What kind of mobility exercises or warm-ups are best? Oh, my favorite for hips. First off- This uh, is me, bro. Yeah. This is me right here. Yeah. That, and t- first of all, we should explain why this is common. If you're a powerlifter, 
You're yeah. predominantly loose mo- hips are not advantageous. For you, what you, do. you are you are primarily moving in the sagittal plane. There's not a lot of rotational movements in the exercises that you do, and it the hips were designed to move. And you have the the way the the ball and socket joint works for the hips is not just forward and backwards. Mm-hmm. It's it's designed to where it's moves in multiple planes. And when you always strength train in a in the same plane all the time, you get really overactive, tight muscles in that plane. And then when you ask the hips to kind of move out of it or a little bit, you find out, oh shit, they're really sore and tight. This is all. This happens to me a lot, and I and that is always my reminder that I need to put the mobility work in or start to incorporate more rotational type of movements into my exercise programming. So, um, highly recommend recommend using a tool like Prime or Prime Pro for this person, 100%, you know, going through the the Prime movements uh, before you power lift. So some of the ones that are great, like your 90-90s, your hip swings, um, what else is really good that we have inside a uh, inside a prime that this person's pro- well even tight hips could be the result of uh, issues with the ankle issues with the low back sometimes people right. feel in the hips but it's it's an ankle issue for example it's funny because so warm ups uh, we like to use the word priming because priming means something a little bit different like when you're priming your body before your workout the goal with priming is to get you to the point where you don't need to do anything before you do your lift so what I mean by that is. If everything's in balance, you got great mobility and everything, you should be able to get right into your lift and feel okay. If you go into it, and I'm not talking about your max weight, okay? That obviously you should scale your way up. But if you get into your lift and you're like, oh, I can't do it unless I prime for 30 minutes. Okay, priming is is trying to get you to the point where you don't need to necessarily do anything beforehand. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do anything beforehand. I think you should always do something beforehand to get yourself set up. But the point is... If it takes you all that stuff just to get going, mm-hmm. you don't want to do warm-ups where you're just stretching and loosening up. You want to do something that's going to have you move differently and better so that it no, no longer becomes an issue. Yeah, I think, too, like unilateral movements would be good. Uh, yeah. Bulgarian split you know, squats so for this can, person. Yeah, just so y- your body just as a signal, it's it, it, somewhat, it somewhat goes in protective mode, right? Like there's these governings that are in place in order to protect the joints. And, and a lot of times when you get tight, uh, you're, you're reinforcing the fact that like I'm I'm bearing a lot of load and my body's like trying to resist, you know, that load. And so it just becomes tight and stiff and, um, you know, you're only going through a certain range of motion constantly and like really demanding a lot of force uh, from that range of motion. And and to just kind of take it outside of that and, and have the body recognize that, uh, you know, it's stable and other ranges of motion, we, well, it, it doesn't uh, quite have We did a good series go with uh, – George uh, – so listen, uh, I was just yeah. going com- right. to comment on that. Like J- Jordan Shallow does an incredible job. He, I mean – of addressing this. I mean, he does speak Spanish when he does talk about uh, all the muscles that are working. So I'll simplify that. It's like, think of it this way. Like if you have really tight hips, you uh, a great movement to prime or get ready for, which, and we did this in a YouTube video, is the Bulgarian split squat. And yeah. what I learned from that more than anything is, is like what Justin was saying about the unilateral movement, meaning you're on one leg when you do that. So you got your trail leg back there. 
what that cause what that starts to do is it you have to stabilize the hips and it's really hard to do that in a split stance when you're and so it's a great way to prime the hips and to be able to stabilize them really really well because you're in an instable environment because you're on one leg so that primes the hip really well when you do that on both sides and then you go into a squat or a deadlift those hips are going to be in a in a in a more uh, what's a term I want to use here in a in a much more advantageous uh, position to handle the the heavy load that you're dealing versus you going right into the exercise and just w- doing light sets like Sal was saying warming up with the same exercise like you need to make those you hips need a louder response from your central nervous system to really like you to know, stabilize it. Yeah. Well, this, you know another good one is the um what's the uh, McKin not McKinsey um what's the guy's name who did the oh. wh- the uh, plane. Oh, Miguel, Miguel, thank you, thank yeah, you, Miguel's. thank you. The Miguel, the Miguel planes, right? Mm-hmm. Where you have to stabilize on one and leg, then rotate and then then you rotate That's slightly. A great one. Such a great movement for my power lifters to do before you go power lifting. That's in Prime Pro. Is yeah. it? Yeah, that's in uh-huh. Prime Pro. Also, I also believe it's in that YouTube series that we did. Mm-hmm. Those are great, great moves to really wake the hips up and get them very stable and firing properly before you go mm-hmm. in and you go lift three, four, five hundred pounds yeah. up off the ground. In, 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 so the, the split stance movements. The reason why they're so good, like lunges and Bulgarian uh, split stance squats, is what you're doing is you're you're. First off, the front leg in that exercise is doing what it does when it does a squat. Mm-hmm. But the difference is because you have a trail leg, you're also fighting torsion in your in your pelvis. Mm-hmm. So you're 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 stabilizing differently. There you go. That's a better way to do, say it than yeah. I was trying to find that. Yeah, it, it, you're you're stabilizing differently than when you're doing a, just a traditional back squat. And yeah. because of that, it allows you to be more stable when you do have uh, both feet together. So that's number one. The number two, the uh, a lot of the times that I've seen people have hip issues is because they have a weakness in their, believe it or not, their abductors. And so they'll feel the pain up at the top of their hip, almost like they're going to get bursitis at Mm. the top of their IT band. And sometimes these people, it's as simple as band walking, like like a simple exercise Mm -hmm. just to fire those abductors and then go in a squat and all of a sudden Mm. they don't feel Mm -hmm. that pain. Well, yeah, and and the reason why that is, this was common for me, is you know when you drop down into the squat, especially if you have weak abductors, what ends up happening is the knees collapse in. And so that pain that you feel is that 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 little muscle there that's trying to fight the knees open to get you out of the squat when, right. you, when you come out, that spiral effect that you get from coming out of a squat. And it was so weak for me that that's exactly what I would feel is I'd feel the super tight IT TFL area that was driving me crazy. And all I had to do was work my 90-90s, do my my leg swings or some band band walks or Bulgarian split squat and man it makes a world of a difference before I go into squatting or deadlifting. Next question is from Healthy Happy and Free. For the person who enjoys cardio, can you out eat your cardio so you can gain muscle? That's a good question. That's a really good question. Yeah, because because I, I think yes and no. Yeah, well, I was going to say you know mm. a lot of times. When we talk about how cardio, overdoing cardio, by the way, I want to be clear, it's overdoing cardio because cardio is not bad. But when you overdo cardio, it definitely will make it difficult for your body to build muscle. And there's two reasons for this. One is you're burning a lot of calories. You you, you know, if you're burning too many calories, you're not taking in enough, your body doesn't have the building blocks needed to build muscle. But there's another reason why doing a lot of cardio will prevent you from building muscle. It has nothing to do With with the calories. Right. And that's that it's sending a signal to your body to become very efficient with doing cardio. Now, what does that mean? How does your body become efficient doing cardio? It reduces its weight 
in its size. It reduces the the amount of energy that it requires to, to do this long duration type activity. And because cardio requires very little strength, mm-hmm. it's not a problem for your body to pare down muscle. So if, if you're doing so much cardio that you're just sending the signal to your body to become to, to build lots of endurance, you can eat all the calories you want and you're just gonna get fatter. You're yeah. gonna get fatter and build endurance. It's, and believe me, there's a lot of these people that are out no, there. No, that's fucking common. Yeah. So I think I think we get a uh, I think we've been labeled as this Team no sweat and no cardio. Anti-cardio. Cardio yeah. haters. I mean, so I got on a piece of uh, uh, cardio equipment just a week ago, you know, and, you know, went away at it for just 20 minutes because I hadn't done that in a while because there, there is lots of benefits to making sure that I have some sort of cardio endurance. I, I don't ever want to be able to uh, or not be able to go out and go for a run for one mile and just not be able to do it. That's that's pathetic, I think. I think that's important that I, I keep that cardiovascular shape for sure. But the reason why I think we we speak out on it so much is because of the culture in the in the in the industry, and that is this the running off the body, You're trying to work it off. Yeah, running off the body fat all the time, or being addicted to the addicted to the running because of the, the 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 chemicals that go off in your brain when you go for a run, and people becoming addicted to that feeling. And so I think we speak to it for those purposes, and it's not so much that we're against it; it's just like. A lot of people have specific goals that they're trying to achieve, yeah. and they're sending a conflicting signal by doing all this running. So well, it's their like, desired outcome uh, isn't a lot of times what they want to end up looking like and feeling like, and uh, doesn't doesn't reflect like what their intentions are with their cardio pursuits. So right. it's that's really what we're trying to discern. Like, okay, what are your very specific goals? If you're trying to do something sports related, you know, endurance related, anything where it requires a lot of energy management, and so you know, cardio is going to help you. F- get conditioned and really it's the conditioning 100%. side of it that you have to look at. So it's in terms of you looking, you know, aesthetically better in terms of you having, you know, building more muscle, this is where we have to like, you know, tell everybody and really educate like look, this is why this is more effective. This is why you have to do it, you know, uh, like at about this dose. Yeah, some some cardio will actually help some people build right. muscle, you sure. know, like if it improves your health and it gives you a little bit more stamina so that you can do more reps when you're doing your squats or you don't have to rest quite as long, you'll probably end up building more muscle. If cardio becomes the predominant form of exercise, if cardio becomes the loudest signal that you're sending your body through exercise, then your body will try to not build muscle, or at least it won't build as much muscle. And again, it's just, look, your body tries to get good at whatever you do the most of. So if you're trying to if you're telling your body to get really really good at doing 30 to 45 minutes or 60 minutes of steady state, you know, long duration endurance type training, well what kind of what kind of things is your body going to need? It's going to need lots of endurance which requires not a lot of muscle strength. You don't need a lot of muscle strength. It's going to it's going to you're going to work a lot of your slow twitch muscle fibers which don't have the propensity for growth anyway. And it's going to try and become efficient with the type of energy that you're burning a lot of. So it's like, it would be like if you had a car that could morph and adapt to what you were asking it to do. If I was driving my car and I was gunning it from, you know. You're turning a muscle car into a, uh, what are those, like Prius. Like a Prius, yeah. Yeah. Like if if I was taking my car and I was racing at every single stoplight, my car would morph into a V8, you know, big engine that burned a lot of gas that was very, very quick. If I 
was sending the signal in my car where I was driving 45 miles an hour, but I was driving 600, 700 miles at a time, my car would eventually turn into a two-cylinder or maybe electric, you know, hybrid type engine where it doesn't have a lot of power because I don't need a lot of power, but it's very, very good with fuel. Now, this is what happens to your body. Now, now in, in, in the context of survival, it's a good in, thing. If you're out in wilderness and you know you want your body to be very efficient with calories, but we're not we're not in that situation. We're in a situation where food is everywhere, yeah. and you don't move that much anyway, naturally, normally. So a fast metabolism is an advantage because it may, it helps prevent fat gain. It helps keep you healthy in the sense of you know blood sugar because the more muscle that you have, the better you can control blood sugar, the better your insulin response is, and you know anabolic hormones and all those wonderful things. So. If you're lifting weights to build muscle in the context of modern life, that's a very good thing. If you do tons and tons of cardio over long periods of time, that's going to be a bad thing in the context of modern life. And I'll tell you something right now. You go to any gym, and I ran gyms for a long time. I know you guys see this as well. You could see the regular cardio users that would come in every, almost every day like clockwork and do the 30 minutes on the elliptical or 45 minutes on the elliptical, and many of them had body fat percentages that were high. Yeah. These are guys with bellies and women that were overweight, but they got lots of stamina and they're going forever on that cardio and they're eating a lot on top of it. Mm -hmm. So no, you can't, I mean, I guess the bottom well, line is- Well, also no, you, remember this. There's also a, a major individual variance with this too. Um, and I'm sure you guys can speak to this also. There's, I've had a client, I've, I've had a girlfriend who used to compete and she just had this muscular physique and it was extremely hard for her to lose body fat. And she would never lose muscle. She was just a muscular person. So she could do cardio seven days a week, and we, we couldn't lose the muscle. I'd, we would have to program less. Like for when she got on stage, she got feedback that her legs were too muscular and too big. Mm. So we literally had to go three months of not training legs and doing cardio five to seven days a week for her to actually start to sculpt out. Now, I've also had the complete opposite, which is more like my body type, where I look at a treadmill and muscle falls off my body. So there is also a very, and so you can't take a friend of yours and look at them and go like, well, he or she is running seven days a week and look how muscular they look. Mm -hmm. There are people that, that it's different, that they their body will hold on to muscle mass much better than other body types. And so they can get away with certain things that not the other. So the question is, if you're struggling with putting muscle on and you're asking a question like this, you're probably doing too much cardio because you're struggling to put muscle on. You're trying to, to outbeat it with calories. You're probably better off reducing the amount of cardio that you're doing and you'll see a big difference. The, and the other, the, the opposite is true for the opposite body type. So there's always, and there's going to be, and that's, those are the two extreme ends of the spectrum. And there's going to be people all the way in the middle. And so you just got to understand that, that one, you can't compare yourself to someone you may see or know that gets away with doing tons of cardio and still has a muscular physique. That same person is, you know, doesn't have. Now, a and in, in speaking to that person, like your ex-girlfriend who just built lots of muscle. In her case, she may prevent herself from gaining muscle just because she's burning more calories than she's taking in. In her case, eating more food would help her put on more muscle. But for most of you listening right now, if you're just doing a ton of cardio, you're like, I'm not building muscle. Maybe if I just eat more food, I'll gain, I'll, I'll build some muscle. Probably not. Your, your body's still just still trying to get really good at endurance, which, is, by the way, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Look, right. if you're an endurance athlete, that's the way you want to train. Maybe you like doing lots of cardio. 
That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But for the vast majority of people, most people don't like doing cardio every single day. Mm -hmm. Most people have a busy life. What they would like to do is work out in the gym maybe three days a week, be really fit, have a faster metabolism so they could get away with eating a little bit more. They could get away with not being so strict with their diet. They don't have to move so much every single day because you know their, their, their day is naturally sedentary anyway because they have a desk job. For those people, which is most people, the cornerstone of your workout should be resistance training. Two, three days a week, you'll get plenty, you'll get way better results that way. Well, there's nothing wrong with somebody who loves doing cardio too. Sure. I want to make sure that we we speak to that too. Like if but just don't come to me with a with a goal about sculpting your body and also tell me that you love doing cardio five to seven days a week. If you love doing cardio and you love running, I would never take that from a client. Like you're Adam it is the most uh, stress-relieving thing that I do. I love it. Sure. It makes me happy. I feel great. All these great things about it, and, you're, and you have no aches or pains, and everything's all good. Like, fucking do it. Like, if it makes you happy, 100% do it. But if you come to me and you say, Adam, I really want to build my shoulders, and I want to build my butt more, and like you have all these like aesthetic-type goals, and then you're like, but I also love doing cardio. I'm gonna, and I'm going to be like, okay, well, we can try to build that muscle, but just know that we're sending conflicting signals to the body. You may not have the body type that that's advantageous for. It may have a very hard time building muscle while doing that much cardio. And I typically, and I don't know, I, I can't remember. I know I've looked at her page before, but I can't picture her right now. You know, if you're somebody who struggles building muscle, you're the person who has to lean towards less and less cardio in comparison to the other person. So you got to keep that into consideration. Next question is from Allie Grace Fit. I'm currently in college studying nutrition and I struggle with what the U.S. guidelines and teachings are. For example, my textbook states that obesity is not a lifestyle choice, but a disease. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think this is accurate? I think it depends on what, what people understand when they hear disease. For example, mm. heart disease is a disease, but is it caused by poor lifestyle and can it be reversed by changing your lifestyle? Yes. If a person thinks that obesity is a disease like something that you can't yeah. you can't influence. It's just passed on and there's nothing you can do about yeah, it. Yeah, that's wrong. That's wrong. So could obesity be classified as a disease in the sense that when you're obese you have all these uh, you know these bad health outcomes, but it is something that is a result many times, most of it due to your lifestyle. I don't give a fuck. Call it whatever you want. Right, right. It's like bankruptcy. Yeah. It's, it's like you can bankruptcy is the disease and then what led to bankruptcy is poor financial decisions leading up to that. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's the same it's the same right. thing. Right. You don't just go bankrupt. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, you don't right. just go obese out of nowhere and so that it was there was a series of events that led to the bankruptcy mm -hmm. that caused the quote unquote disease that's just like obesity, but once you're there, you're kind of fucked. What happens when you're you have a major hole that and you have something that over your head that you have to climb out of? obesity too like once you're there there's probably a lot of things that your body is where the disease part comes in is your body is fucked up it's fucked yeah. up now you've pushed it this far where you are this overweight and now you have all these conditions because of that but you didn't wake up obese yeah, well you know, this is the this is the part where i do sort of lean on a green with still labeling it as a disease just because of the severity of like uh, you know just the current state of where we are in terms of like you know uh, healthy at every weight you know, for instance, like th th this is something like to identify 
obesity as something that is problematic, you know, in terms of like that being the catalyst for all kinds of different health problems. Like we have to, we have to stick to standards in, in terms of like some of these things, but yeah, like, uh, it's not in terms of it being a disease that's passed on. We can't look at it as something that just ha- all of a sudden just happens because it's been passed along to you. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, you know, when, no, it's crazy. There's some evidence that suggests that people who have a poor unhealthy lifestyle who are not obese actually have a worse outcome that people than people who actually gain body fat who have a poor lifestyle. So if you were to compare the two, and believe it or not, there's a sizable minority. It's not a majority, but it's a decent chunk of people who are afflicted with things like diabetes or heart disease uh, who are not overweight at all. Mm-hmm. Their, their, their body weight would be considered you know normal but then they have diabetes or they have heart disease or, or whatever. So obesity is really, you know, I hate that we, you know, I think one of the reasons why we focus so heavily on obesity, it's because it's so, so visible. It's so visible. Like yeah. you can see it right away. Yeah. And it, it, you know, I, I get that. And obesity itself, having a lot of body fat all by itself does have some health risk factors. Fat is not this inert tissue that just hangs on your body. Fat is hormone sensitive and stores certain things. And so just having a lot of body fat, by itself can cause problems. But really the key, the thing to focus on is the is the lifestyle around it and what's causing it. And what's happening now is more people are overweight than people who are not overweight. And pretty soon there's going to be more obese people mm-hmm. if it continues on this trend, which will be interesting to see if it does. But if it does, at some point, there's going to be more obese people the non-obese people, and when that happens, and this is the thing that I hate about uh, some that I hate about majority rules sometimes, mm-hmm. is that you're going to get more obese people than not obese people, and before you know it, they will be a protected, you know, class of people. They're going to be, which is silly because everybody They're should be, create all these standards. Yeah, everybody should result. be protected or whatever. Yeah. But it's going to be like uh, exactly like no, this is this is what normal is. This is what it's you know whatever. And, you know, it's just poor health. It's poor health. It's okay to call it poor health. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, you know, I, there's also, you can also be objective about it. You know, just because you're, just because you have a lot of body fat on your body, just because you're, you're, you're exhibiting poor health doesn't mean you're a bad person. Okay. Yeah, no. It, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean anything about your, your self-worth. It doesn't mean you need less respect. Now, the reality is people may see you and judge you differently. Uh, as a result, and that's just reality, good or bad or whatever. But you know, don't confuse the two. So it's okay to say, you know what, I'm really heavy, or you know what, I my body displays my poor lifestyle, my bad, you know, health habits, my bad diet, my bad uh, lack of activity or whatever. That's okay. It doesn't mean you're a bad person because I think some of this discussion revolves around trying not to hurt. Mm-hmm. people's feelings you know mm-hmm. what i mean by saying absolutely like by saying hey it's your fault you're obese and then people are like no it's not no it's a disease it's not my fault and then they'll give you all the reasons why i'm you know i was you know my parents were overweight and uh you know my schedule doesn't allow me to work out and you know i don't make a lot of money so it's harder for me to eat healthy food and it's like well okay those are all factors i get that but no it's still a lifestyle it's still a lifestyle it's still something you know that you're choosing to allow to happen to yourself whether it's consciously or subconsciously so, you know, that's, I think that's where that discussion, you know, mm-hmm. basically comes from, but make no mistake. This is a, the health epidemic that we're, that we're in right now, if it continues along the path that it has been continuing for the past, you know, few decades, 
we're we're coming we're up on some very bad big trouble. Yeah. Not just not just more fat people and more sick people, but bankrupt. It'll literally bankrupt us. I mean, that's how expensive it, it, this problem is becoming. And a lot of these problems that that are coming from our poor lifestyle are the chronic type, the type that we don't really have any uh, a cure for aside from changing your lifestyle. So you go to the doctor and they're going to give you medication that you're going to buy forever until you change your lifestyle. That is expensive. Yeah. That costs a lot of money. And those medications themselves produce their own right. effects that, that are their, their own side effects. Right. And then you have to, yeah, now you're battling all these new you know side effects you didn't even have before just because you're trying to treat this one symptom. And it's just this, yeah becomes an even bigger problem. It does. And so I, I don't think, you know, and this is bringing it to us kind of a side topic, but I don't think it's cool to be mean to people who, you know, are overweight or to treat them, you know, negatively. Um, I don't think that's cool. I mean, the, the the disadvantage that someone who's obese is at is that their, whatever you want to call it, their, flaw, their flaws, their food addiction, the lack of activity is on display. Yeah, you can't hide from it. Yeah. Now, the guy walking down the street who's an adulterer or the woman who, you know, has an addiction to gambling, you don't see that right away. You know what I mean? So they don't get judged the same way as someone who's right. obese. Someone who's obese, right away, you may, whether you like it or not, you subconsciously make this judgment that, oh, this person must not be very active. This person kind of eats terribly. What does that mean? And you go down the line, oh, maybe they have less discipline, whatever. And that's true. They've done studies on this. They've asked people... You know if they, you know what what they think about people when they look a particular way, mm-hmm. and that's a real. And I get that, but the reality is it's 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 your poor lifestyle and changing that. And it's crazy too because it's so fun. It's so weird how hard it is for people to. It, it's it's crazy for me to say because I'm on this side of it, right? But from my perspective, it's crazy how hard it is to change your lifestyle so that you're not obese, so that you're. You don't have chronic disease or chronic illness. And the reason why I think it's so crazy is because I know the time commitment it takes to change that is less than the commitment to be that way. Mm. In other words, you're going to be, you're going to have more time on your hands. You'll be more productive and you'll save money and you'll enjoy your life more. It's because it doesn't feel like that when you're there. It, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's so it's hard, Yeah, right? it doesn't feel that way when you're there. And so that's what, that's what, but it's backwards thinking. You just don't know it, you know? And so it just seems like a mountain you have to, you're the bottom of the hill and you're staring at this huge mountain you got to climb. But what people that actually start that process is they start to find out as they start to climb the hill, like, oh shit, like. This is getting easier and easier and better and better. And oh my God, everything else around me is getting better and better. It's just getting through to that first, you know? It is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and as far as what you're, what she's studying here in the U.S. in terms of the guidelines, these are government guidelines. And the government is notoriously wrong when it comes to- uh, Yeah, look at the food pyramid. Yeah, health and nutrition guidelines. And they're so slow. Like they're so slow to catch up to what you know, current research is saying or what people who actually work with people for a living in terms of fitness and health are saying. Like it's so slow, it's not even funny. Like the, 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 the wrong, like you get a registered dietitian to tell you how to eat. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, you know, if you have, you know, kidney disease or something that you need medical type of diet. But registered dietitians like, oh, you're overweight. Let me work on your diet. You know, and not that they're worse than the, than the online coaches because those people are idiots. But 
the advice they'll give them is basically cut your calories. Yeah. I've had clients who come to, and that's it. You know, that's the only thing. I've had clients who come shakes, to me. shakes, you know, that yeah. they'll put them on instead, which they think that, that yeah, like going extreme, like uh, lower calories, it's going to get them quicker, you know, results. Therefore, it's going to create this long-term strategy. I've had clients who've come to me who were obese and they were on these medically approved and prescribed shakes. Yeah. Where the doctor, the, oh, the doctor told me to drink these shakes all day and to not eat um, so I can lose weight. And, and I'm always like, oh, my God, I can't believe a doctor's. This is terrible. It looks bad on, on, on Western medicine, yep. and it's, it's not an effective strategy. And then on top of it, they'll bring me the shakes, and I know about supplements. So I, don't, I think it's a bad idea to rely on shakes. Any, I don't care how good and healthy the shakes are. But Jesus, the shakes that they're giving these people yeah. are the worst on top of it. I know. They're all vegetable oil and artificial <laughs> yeah, sweetener. Dude. And, all and I'm like, man, they're not even giving you good shakes. I'll give <laughs> you some of these bodybuilding <laughs> ones that I have. The bodybuilding ones are actually more legit. Yeah. You guys ever see those? Yeah. You ever look dude. at those things? Oh, <laughs> the weight loss stuff that they promote. Oh, it's fucking terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And the message that we're sending people is so wrong. They, they never tell people to lift weights. It's never something that they say to do. No. To do. They never help with relationship to food. They never tell them it's a slow process. They never work with the, the stuff that actually works. It's always... I'm hearing more, but it's it, it was close to never before. It's You're starting to hear little bits of it, you know, little chirps. I think we're... I mean, I, I like to believe in humanity. I think we're, we're going to head that way. Yeah. It's, it's typical humans. Like, we push the boundaries. We'll yeah. go so far to where like, oh fuck, we are going to be bankrupt, you know, if we don't fix this well, problem. Well, how many time, how many messages have you guys gotten from college students who are listening to the show, and then they'll they'll message uh, they'll message me and be like, yeah, like, well, in my class, I didn't learn that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm debating my my college professor over you know what you guys are saying about, and I'm like, oh man, they're still teaching <laughs> no, you guys still that. Still there, man. I yeah, mean, it, that's a hard, and that's the thing. It, it's it's like a whole industry. Shout you know, out to our young our young bucks, man. Yeah, we got so much so much love from our youngsters. I've, after I. I said that on the show the other day. If you're under 25, give yourself a pat on the back. Yeah, yeah. you got a whole bunch of. You guys are going to change this whole process, not us. No, that's right. Real talk. That's right. Hey, before I sign off, I do want to mention uh, that we all have Instagram pages. I haven't said that in a long time. They each provide their own value, so you can find my page. Uh, it's Mind Pump Sal. Adam has a page, Mind Pump Adam. Justin has a page, Mind Pump Justin. Also, uh, if you go to Mind Pump Free. Dot com. You can check out our selection of free workout guides and nutrition guides and just fitness guides. There's like 12 of them there. Go check them out. Again, it's mindpumpfree.com. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>